swan's foot, like a duck's, is a webbed claw. In traversing swan shit and mud, the claws gunk up and reek. Nobody in the history of the world, save another swan, has licked a swan foot while that foot was still attached to the swan. The feet resemble rabid bats in their sickly color and texture. Super lightning recap. Swans live in shit and love is shit and also swans are too stupid to have beds. You've got a little time. We've got a little podcast. It is Short Story Short Podcast. I am Christopher J. Garcia, here today with... KB. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and can I call you Christy for short? I'll, I'll allow it. Perfect. Christy, this week I read a story. So did I. Oh my God, what a coincidence. The story I read was called The Swan as Metaphor for Love by... I'm going to guess Amelia Gray? <laughs> um, yes. Oh, my God. We're like it's twinsies. Twinsies. It's like I'm psychic. <laughs> Correct. But uh, this is a story that I don't know if it counts quite as a story, as it is a beautifully dark, hilarious I don't want to say venting because you never want to apply, but it's got to be a venting because if it's not, it's wasted. <laughs> uh, I feel like there definitely has to be some some venting in here. I think you're right. I, I know that we we hesitate to say that, but it 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 does feel like there is a, a delightful outpouring of very. I'm going to go with trenchant bitterness. And I don't want to say the author is bitter or anything like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the, the feeling I get is one of very, somebody who's very smart and just letting any, any, like anything that's just like sitting on their chest and has been sitting there for years, just being like, okay, fine. I'm going to let it all out. And I'm swans. I'm going to use swans to do that. And what I love is the one, okay, the writing is freaking brilliant, like the entire way through. Uh, it, one of the greatest parentheticals I have ever seen in life is Ponscom is more of the same swan shit, fish shit, frog shit, half a can of beer poured by some teenager, plastic photosynthetic residue, algae, permanent bubble hexagon patch freed from its soccer ball, arthropod corpse, all attached to the swan in its idiot float in its stagnant little island sea. It is very... Uh... It does not like swans. This 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 story does not does not like swans. And really, if you didn't have the title, this is another great example of the title both sets a stage and delivers the punchline. Yes, this is very much uh, uh, this is a story that I think it needs the title. It requires the title. And the title also is a little a little bonus too. I equate it to 
uh oh how many times can i bring up mountain ghost in the course of one podcast mountain goats i said mountain ghost i think i don't know it's been yeah. a long day um but uh the mountain goat song no children which when i first listened to it i was like okay good song and then you look at the title and it, it's it, you're like whoa okay all right that's uh that that title is everything to that song even though the song stands alone I, very very similar to what we're seeing here with the swan as metaphor for love yeah and i think the when it starts to break apart a little bit it gets really really fun uh like she describes a plumber saw which a plumber calls a tiny tim uh you know starts to spiral out and i think really when you look at it as the metaphor for love first off it's describing the aspects of the swan as dealt with by someone who deals with swans you would yeah. never know for the life of you what a swan foot would look like because you're concerned with the beautiful floating thing with the long neck and the lovely um but that really hurt my throat amazing um but uh once it gets down and you get into the gunk and literally i think that parenthetical is what breaks the story into two sort of parts and then because after that it starts to get the things where you start to realize oh there's a lot more going on here and that's part of what I love about this story. Other than also, it's just, I want to say the first time I read this, I had just gone through a breakup and it was like, yeah, man, totes. That would be, yeah, that would be a perfect time to read this. Yeah, it takes this, this beautiful thing or something that we all see as beautiful and it, it takes it and deconstructs it and looks at all the the well, let's just go ahead and say the shitty parts and exposes you to that and forces you to examine all these like minute little details that make something that you thought was beautiful into something that is just apparently covered in shit. Yeah, it's, yeah, but I think one of the moments in this that I love is actually the last sentence. That's all for today about swans. <laughs> like that is literally a new dealer. Uh, it's just one of those, like I'm done. I've ran. This is literally a lot. This feels like a live journal post from 2006 uh, live journal. For those of you under 35 was a social media blogging site, blogging site. Yeah, uh, I actually, how I read it, that very last line, I read it as a, a giant shift in tone to almost like an NPR uh, host ending the segment with, that's all for today about swans. You have good NPR voice. Thank you. <laughs> I have movie phone voice. You have NPR voice. <laughs> you do have movie phone voice. We can make a movie phone NPR. I don't know how that works, but we'll work on it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> She's an NPR announcer. He's the voice of movie phone. They're cops and they fight crime. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's just... This is the closest thing we've come to this, I think, 
in a previous story is probably lost, but we've never had a story this just outright funny and comical. And this is a type of comedy that I appreciate more than anyone. It's just say funny shit. And that's, it's not a, a slow build to realizing something humorous or an ambiguity that reveals itself to be humorous. No, this is fucking funny words being said at you and you will sit there and you will laugh. Uh, <laughs> this is the closest I could think of to being at, you know, the classic story that uh, every kid in college had is they went to IHOP or Waffle House, depending on what side of the Mason Dixon you're on at 2 a.m., and they were sitting around complaining and just being on. And this is the type of thing that you get there. You, you, you forgot Denny's. How dare you? I'll allow it. Conditionally. Although we had a place called Lions that we were very fond of getting thrown out of for some reason. So we were banned from a number of them. That's, that's a good memory. Yeah. Great memory. But swans. Swans. <laughs> What I also find great about this is when you're looking at how short stories are presented, this is actually a very, I don't want to say rare, but it has a place that isn't foreground in the world of publishing. This is a palate cleanser <laughs> and uh, it's that break that a lot of magazines and particularly literary journals like Ziziva, like uh, Beacon Street Review, like those sort of heady magazines love to publish. And, but they don't publish a lot of them. They'll publish one of them. Yeah, because I think it is in that sense, like a palate cleanser. You, you can't have palate cleanser after palate cleanser after palate cleanser. It needs to be used specifically for that purpose. And so I can see why it's not a, a super frequent thing. And also, I think that they have to be really, really good in, in a short span of time, which is damn hard to pull off. Mm -hmm. And Amelia Gray, if you look up any of the other Amelia Gray stuff, she does some humor. She does straight stuff that's very thoughtful. Uh, she has sort of an abstraction to her writing that I really appreciate. Um, but there's nothing that's quite as abstract as this yeah. <laughs> um, ever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the abstraction about it and and how she managed to make something abstract also humorous because that's that's another difficult thing. Humor is is often ground in generally it has some basis in reality. And here I guess, yeah, the reality is swan shit and and that's you know sometimes love sucks, I guess. Every time I say swan shit, you burst out laughing, but you hot you hold it in swan shit <laughs> it, it breaks them every time the listeners you should see this it's like a magic key <laughs> magic key to break chris swan uh. shit <laughs> <laughs> one thing i really liked one line in particular that the, the line that got me i mean i enjoyed the the ending and everything but i in that last paragraph Someone once found a swan that was 24 years old and probably it was mating for life, which everyone made a big deal out of, even though the swan wasn't even old enough to rent a car. Uh, I enjoyed that thoroughly. I thought that was delightful. That was, 
it's one of those little absurdities that makes me giggle. And you know what? There's actually a, there's actually this sort of serious Gen X, how you view the world thing attached to that because it is the last hurdle until you get to AARP membership. It's once you can rent a car, you that's as good as it's going to get until you can get the discount thing at Denny's. Um, there you go. Um, it's <laughs> just, you know, bringing that up really sets the tone for this and for the audience, at least. It's the audience who has that as a realization in their life and literally something to look forward to. I had totally forgot about that line too, and it kills me. <laughs> yeah, that is a killer of a line. And, yes. And then she does... She does pull it back and, and at the very end, just just briefly. Um, you know, it wasn't the swan wasn't old enough to silently hyperventilate in bed. You know, we, we get that little bit of reality there that somebody would probably have been experiencing in the wake of discovering maybe the 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 shittier side of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all been there in our own way. I have definitely hyperventilated in a bed, yes. Yeah, I have more than once. Uh, yeah. But I think this one didn't have a bed still. Yeah, this one didn't have a bed. This one was too stupid to have a bed. And if it did, it would fill the bed with swan shit. <laughs> it's all beautiful. It's all beautiful. And I love it. Yes, agreed. This is a story that you can share with your friends and also your friends' friends. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I feel like. And I feel like this has been our silliest episode. I feel like we've been very silly. I don't know if it's caffeine, this story, or both things combined, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm halfway through this cup of Darjeeling, and yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> I can totally tell you what the, uh, why it's so silly. Why is that? Because I said swan shit a bunch. There he goes again. <laughs> you stole my line. Anyhow. <laughs> hey, hey, Christy. Yes. Should we have talked about what we we're going to read for next week? Maybe. This is a short one, too. How about Daughters of the Air by Kate McQuaid? Excellent. Also available in Joyland. So we were already on the site. So <laughs> <laughs> this has been an episode of me talking in a much higher register than usual. Yes, it has. You're, you're, you're really singing today. Yeah, I don't know why. It might be just because of all the swan shit. Swan shit. <laughs> and on that note, this yeah. has been Short Story. Short Swan Shit Podcast. Mm -hmm.